I'm going to start a new series on righteousness. This is a foundational doctrine in the Bible. Um, you could call it righteousness. You could call it your identity because we have to know who we are in Christ. It impacts everything that we do. So I want to start talking about that today. In your life, every day and every moment of your life as a Christian, you, you will be, tr the, the world system, the enemy, everything will try to press you into the mold of the world. The prominent thing about that is you will have a, a consciousness of sin. And, and if you allow that to see yourself as this sinner, I'm, just a, I'm a Christian, so I'm just a sinner that was saved by grace. That is not a biblical term. Biblically, the word of God is very clear that you and I were sinners. But then 2,000 years ago, Jesus went to the cross and he bore all of your sin, all the result of the weight and judgment of all sin and the curse of the law. And now, simply as we believe what God says, we are literally made his righteousness. We're made new creatures. So for us as Christians, we are people that have no past. What is really Ancestry.com for us is very simple. You are of God, little children. You have been born as his child by his word, by his incorruptible word. And you are brand new. You're actually one of a kind. So we're going to go back to the beginning. Uh, you know, I'm starting, <laughs> the Lord has put it on me, my heart to, I'm, I'm starting a verse-by-verse -verse study through the book of Genesis. Whew. Man, it's, it, you can, there's so much there. There's so much that I haven't ever seen before that's there. It's, it's been fun. Um, but I want to go back to Genesis today. And I just want to kind of skim through the creation account of man and the fall of man because I want you to see what God originally designed man for because Jesus got it all back for us, okay? So let's look at some things. Go to Genesis chapter 1 in verse 26. Genesis chapter 1 in verse 26. It said, And God said, Let us make man in our image. Now the Hebrew word for image means our resemblance. In other words, we are a speaking spirit just like our Father. Are we God? No. He's God. Are we his children? Yes. You are a child of God. So, so we need to look at this. We're made, man was made in his image. He was a speaking spirit. And after our likeness, and let them, the first thing God says about man is let them have dominion. So this word dominion literally means to exercise control. It literally means the right and power to rule and to govern and control. The word, the Hebrew word literally means that God gave man sovereign authority in this earth realm. That's pretty big, right? It says, let them have dominion 
Now he's going to give us the guidelines of our dominion over the fish of the sea for all of those of you that like to go in the ocean like myself. I always take my authority. No jellyfish. Now the little ones, the little, the little fish that are just friendly with no teeth, they could swim around me. I kind of like that. Or, or the, the sand sharks, those are really cool because they just eat grass and they, you know, it's fun to kind of walk around with them. But you know, I don't really want like a great white or a hammerhead shark, <laughs> a jellyfish. No, we're just none of that, right? So we take dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over, look at this, over all the earth. God gave man dominion over all the earth. And over, I love this one, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Aren't you, aren't you glad to know that if you're walking and you're hiking, and there's a mountain lion, you don't have to be afraid of the mountain lion, right? Now be led by the Spirit, and if the Holy Ghost tells you not to go down the trail, don't go down the trail. But if you happen to go down a trail and you see a mountain lion, you speak to it. Because it might not understand English, but it understands the name of Jesus. And so you just take that authority because you're a child of God and there's safety for you. But there's one that creeps on the earth. He's been creeping on the earth all the way from the Old Testament. The first book in the Bible, the book of Job, Moses wrote it. And when, when this interaction between God and Satan, the fallen Satan, he's like, what are you up to? And Satan goes, I've been walking to and fro on the earth. He's a creep. He creeps on the earth. He's, and in the New Testament it says that as a roaring lion, lion, he's walking to and fro on the earth, seeking whom he may devour. You have dominion over him. Amen? That's just one scripture. Now if you jump to Genesis 2, 7, now it's gonna, we're going to go into, so it explains, let's make man in our image and our likeness. Now Genesis 2, 7 tells us how he made man. It says, and the Lord God formed the man out of the dust of the ground. So man, you are all really good-looking dirt today. Isn't that awesome? It's an amazing what God can do with some dirt. So this word formed means to form, to shape, and to mold. Now genetically and in every way, you can create a human body out of what's in the ground. So we, we know that to be true today. And it says here, he did something different with man than he did with all the other creation. He spoke them into existence. With man, though, he now, he formed this physical body, that this earth suit that man would live in, and then look what he did. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. So this word breath literally in the Hebrew language means spirit. God literally took something of himself. He's a spirit, the Bible says. And he literally breathed spirit and life into the man. So man is made in the image and likeness of God in that we are a speaking spirit, right? I remember when I was in college, uh, I was young and, 
and very on fire for God and very stupid. And I was in a, a cultural anthropology class, and you know, the first statement in the class was, evolution is no longer theory, it's fact. And uh, so I, you know, I, I actually became friends with the professor eventually, but he kicked me out of his class three times, you know, and, and during things, uh, you know, like, well, you know, our physical bodies really are very similar to that of a gorilla or an ape. And, you know, and when he said that to me about how man has evolved, I'm like, well, what does that have to do with anything? Right? I go, because that ape doesn't have a spirit. I'm a spirit being. Okay, our physical body might have some same attributes. So what? But I'm a speaking spirit, right? I'm not evolving. To be honest with you, I think man's devolving. I think God started out with perfection, right? So let's go on with this. It says, and man became a living soul. And so, so we're created separately from all other created things. And then God... He gave man dominion. In other words, he made, God, he made man God, small g, of this world system, of this earth. We have dominion. He gave us the delegated authority. Man was to govern the earth so that the earth would look like heaven. The Garden of Eden was to literally expand and cover the whole earth. Now, Although we got to be very clear, right? This doesn't make man as great as God. It doesn't make man equal with God. But what it does do, it puts man in a position to walk and exercise the authority that God gave him. Now, the reason why we're in Genesis is because Jesus got this all back. And you can see the pattern of it. You are created and born again to exercise and walk in the authority in the name of Jesus that God gave you and to have dominion. So when we're talking about righteousness, righteousness is about mastery. God wants you to walk on this earth as Jesus walked. He walked in complete mastery. There was no fear. The elements were subject to him even. Wow. That's amazing. Nothing ever controlled him. It's amazing how... See, God wants to build. This is why we teach the Word of God under the anointing of God, soaked with the love of God, as the Spirit of God directs us so that the image of Christ will be birthed in you and that it will grow and develop in you. Because the Bible says as we peer into him, we are changed, transformed, metamorphosized into his image. In other words, what's on the inside of your earth suit starts showing up on the outside. God wants you to have mastery in this earth. You know, we run to God, oh God, will you please do this, will you please do that? And God's up there going very clear in his word. He's laying out, he's like, no, 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 no. You're a New Testament believer. You're a child of mine. You use the name of Jesus and I'll see to it that whatever 
you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I'll open doors that no man can shut. But it's all going to be based on you walking and exercising your authority. So Adam was given dominion in creation to control the elements, to control the circumstances, and the events that pertained to him. Okay? That was the boundaries of his authority. It's the same way with us. We were born again, and we are to exercise dominion in those things pertaining to our life. Right? See, Satan operates as an outlaw. He's been stripped. He has no authority. He's defeated. But he understands he's a master deceiver, and he can't steal, kill, and destroy from you unless you let him. Unless you buy his lie that what you're seeing and what you're feeling is more truthful than what his word says. And that's just a lie. The word of God is forever settled in heaven. These promises that God has given us, it's forever settled. He is the healer. He is the provider. He is peace. And we are to walk in that in the, in the earth. So then if you go on, Genesis chapter 2, verse 8, it says, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Verse 9, And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So in the midst of this garden were two specific trees, the tree of life that they could eat freely of, but there was also another tree, the tree, it's not the tree of good and evil, it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Okay? And they were not, they were not to eat of this tree. Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 now, we skip down here. It says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Do you see how man was always to submit to God's word? Right? But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. For in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Well, you have to go into the Hebrew language to understand that because if you'll read the story, Adam and Eve did not die physically the day that they ate the fruit. Adam lived over 900 years. It took spiritual death entering his spirit. When he died spiritually, it took over 900 years for that spiritual death to produce physical death in his life. In the Hebrew language, you shall surely die is translated, in dying, you shall die. Well, we understand from a myriad of scriptures that spiritual death, when Adam, when he took of that fruit and ate, when Eve took of that fruit and ate, they immediately died spiritually. And what they did is they transferred their authority that God had given them over to Satan, this is why Satan is called in the New Testament the God, small g, 
of this world system, right? And I got to tell you, his earth lease is about up. And this is why expect it to get crazier and crazier because he knows his time is short. But to a Christian, so what? We have been given dominion over him, right? You know, I think we, we have so much more than Adam had when you really think about it. I don't have to wait to the cool of the day to walk in the presence of God, to commune with him. I commune with him all day, every day. He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. The mighty Holy Spirit is living within me. He's upon me. And he's my teacher. He's my guide. He's my strengthener. All, he's my standby. All of these things. So we have it really, really good. In dying, you shall surely die. Now, chapter 3, verse 1, I'm going to read some verses here about how the fall happened. It says, now, Genesis 3, 1, now the serpent. This Hebrew word is really interesting because it, it does mean snake, but just as much as it means snake, it means tempter. And, and it gives you a picture of one who, a tempter who deals with and puts thoughts in the mind. It's really an interesting Greek or Hebrew word. So now the serpent, this tempter, the one that throws thoughts in the mind, was more subtle. This Hebrew word means it was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Interesting. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. In other words, he comes to Eve and he says, Hey, Eve, now where did he come to her? You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he just came in the thought life of her. Right? In the same way that he kind of comes to the thought life of you and I. And he said, so did God actually say that you're not to eat? See, he's always questioning. Did, did God actually say that, that healing belongs to you? Right? Did, did God actually say? I mean, because, excuse me, I'm looking at your life and financially you look like a mess. Did he actually say he would take care of you? That's the way Satan is. And, he, and all of his questioning brings options. He's the great option giver. He will tell you, you're an American Christian, which means you can choose whether or not you go to church, you can choose whether or not you read the Bible. You can choose whether or not you walk by faith. You can choose because, you know, gosh, he just loves you. You can just choose. Well, is that true? Yeah. But what will that truth lead you to? Not good things, right? Because Satan loves when a child of God will violate God's word because he has 6,000 years of history of seeing what happens. Every time man violates the word of God, what is a result of it? Death. Right? Something, it, we invite him in to steal, kill, and destroy. So it says here, and here, here's where the woman really went off. And the woman said to the serpent, it is written... Nope. 
make sure you're not having a discussion with him in your thought life. Because this is what happens to Christians. Hey, pastor, I thought that you just taught a 400-week you know, series on divine healing. Why, why is your knee hurting? And, and, and if I don't go, Satan, shut up. I bind you, for it is written. So, so literally, we start to think in our mind. We're talking to him. Well, I'm a good person. I'm this. I, I wonder why this isn't working. Right? And who, and who is that pastor anyway? Who keeps telling you this, but nothing's getting better in your life? See, this is what Eve, this is what happened with her. And she answered, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, you shall not eat it, neither shall you touch it. What? See, this is what happens when you talk to Satan. God never told Adam he couldn't touch it. He told Adam not to eat of it. But we start filling in blanks. You go to a lot of Bible studies today in the church, and it's like, okay, well, you know, here, we're going to read this scripture, and oh, you know, Miss Leanne, can you tell me what you think this says? And then, oh, that's great, and Miss Jeanette, what about you? Tell me what you think this says. What? Hello? No, no, no. Do you, who cares what you think it says? What does it say? What is God saying, Right? So, so this is why we got to be careful with Satan because he doesn't try to move you all the way into something. Oh no, he's like a terrorist. He'll get you making a little bit of an adjustment to where all of a sudden those things in your life that were breathing life into you, all of a sudden he's got you separated from them. He'll remove you from, from relationships that maybe you should have Maybe he'll remove you from a church that you should be at. You know, what is the greatest church in the world? Well, the greatest church in the world is the one that you're supposed to be at. I tell people about Rhema. Rhema is the greatest Bible school in the world if, big if, you are called to go there. Right? Karis, greatest Bible school in the world if. That's where God has you, right? So, so this is, she's going off here and she doesn't even know it. And it says, you shall not eat of it, neither touch it, lest you die. Same word, in dying you shall die. And the serpent said unto the woman, see the way he is? Did God say this? And then he comes right here. You shall not surely die. In other words, Learn from this, Satan, he doesn't really care about you and I. He's always coming after the word. He comes against the word. Did God really, did he say that? Wow. Surely no, no. Eve, come on. I mean, think of Eve. Come on, Eve. What is death? Have you ever seen anybody die? Uh, well, no. Right? Noah. Could you imagine... How would you like to have the call of God in your life that Noah had? What are you doing, Noah? I'm building a boat. Whoa. A boat? There is no, there's no ocean around here. There's no, 
What, what are you building a boat for? Well, it's going to rain. What? What is rain? Right? So it says here, verse 5, For God does know that the day that you eat thereof, your eyes shall be open and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Do you see how Satan is giving them an option? He's trying to ignite something in them that's ignited. What, what did he want to do? He wanted to be God. Oh, listen, see, he comes against God's motives. Look at the church today. Most, most believers don't know. This is why we're teaching this. Man, by the end of this series, you're going to be like, wow, I'm God's favorite child. We might have arguments in here, right? Because all of a sudden, when you see who God is, you'll stop making it all about you. Because God's mercy is much bigger than any disobedience you could ever walk in. God's success that he's already given you is much greater than any failure you think you've ever walked in. It all kind of melts away and you start to see him for who he is because God's love for you and what God did for you and I was not based on us at all on our merit that we deserved it and if we worked hard enough it's not about that so look at this he's saying you could be just like God knowing good and evil it was never God's intention or design for man for man to know evil you know, God will come to, or the enemy will come to a minister and say, well, you know, to really minister to an alcoholic or a drug addict, well, you know, you've got to know what that's like, so you should probably, you know, experiment with some of this stuff. And no, you know, as a believer, see the wisdom of God, one of the fruits of wisdom, it makes every man your equal. So you could relate to a homeless person, you could meet them right where they are. I could relate to a prostitute. I could relate to a multimillionaire businessman. I could relate to a, a, a person who, who murdered 25 people, a mass murderer, sitting in prison. The wisdom of God does that. You don't have to experience evil to know all about it. Does that make sense? So it says here, and when the woman, now look at this, look at because she didn't govern her thought life and she didn't govern her, her mouth, look at this, all of a sudden now, a belief was birthed in her. And it says in verse 6, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, in other words, the lust of the flesh, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, the lust of the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, the pride of life. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave unto her husband with her. So Adam, think about this. The whole time, Adam is sitting right there. See, God didn't say, you shall not eat of this tree to Eve. Eve wasn't created yet. But Adam was right there and didn't stop anything. Now, before any of us try to mess with Adam when we get to heaven, have you ever done that? Eyes wide open, do something, just choose it, right? Yeah, yeah, we understand that. The only difference is, man, 
I mean, God's with me all the time. And I still do, do wrong things, right? Thank God for Jesus. So she took of the tree and they both did eat. Verse 7 of chapter 3, the minute they ate and the eyes of them both were opened. See what Satan said, listen, God knows in the day that you eat of it, you'll, know, you'll be like him, you'll know good and evil. Was that a lie? No. But where did that lie lead? It led to death. See, that's what the enemy, he'll come as an angel of light. He'll, he'll throw thoughts that you think, wow. But you got to be careful. See, this is why we have to be led by the Spirit of God. But in order to do that, you have to know that God loves you. And that he's for you. And that he knows how to help you lay hold of everything he's provided for you. To the point where you start guarding your thought life. And you put your hand over your mouth and you don't say certain things. And you decide, I'm going to meditate in the word day and night so that it gets an abundance in my heart so that my mouth will automatically speak the word of God. I'm, I'm going I'm to always, I know he's in me and I know he never leaves me or forsakes me, but I'm always going to be pressing into him. Right? So he's my shepherd. He leads me and he guides me through this valley of the shadow of death. And because of that, I fear no evil. So it says the eyes of them both were opened. This means, in other words, Adam and Eve were seeing something that they had never seen. They're seeing for the first time something. They died spiritually. All of a sudden, Adam and Eve were clothed in the glory of God, in the light and the glory of God. When Eve ate of that fruit, Adam saw that light go out in her, saw her change. And all of a sudden now he has a choice. What did Jesus say? To be worthy of the kingdom, you got to be willing to leave father, mother. So what, how, why, why, have you ever thought why Adam? We, we just teach it and go, yeah, he committed high treason. What a dirty dog he is. Let's move on. But let's really look at it. This woman that he loved, that was his everything, all of a sudden was different. He saw her light go out. He saw that they were never going to be able to have what they had before, and he chose her over God. Their eyes were open now to see the difference between good and evil. Now, let me back up and say what I just said. I'm going to say that's my opinion because I don't have two or three scriptures that talk specifically about that. But we do know this, they ate of this fruit, and they both ate and they both died. The light went out. The minute that the light went out, the minute they died spiritually, look what happened, verse 7, the end of the verse, and they knew that they were naked. In other words, they didn't know that before. And, and look, at, look at immediately, they saw themselves in a way that they treated as an inadequacy. You know, Adam and Eve, could you imagine how beautiful of a creation they were? But yet, when they died spiritually, they were inadequate. And look at, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. In other words, they saw an inadequacy 
that they never saw before when they were spiritually alive, and they immediately wanted to cover it up. In the same way that if you live your life conscious of the fact of that you're a sinner and that you're, you sin and you're, it's all about that, you will always be seeing inadequacies in your life. In other words, you're going to have a wrong perception. Look at Eve when she looked at that tree. Because she thought wrong, because she spoke wrong, because she was in a place that she should not have stayed, she should have told Satan, get out of here. You have no right here. But because she did that, she got a wrong perception. So many times people think they're right on when they're going off a cliff. And they're wondering, they're mad at God. Why, God, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you bringing this in my life? And all the time, the Lord is going, you're, you're doing your own thing. I, I can't. I mean, I, I've already provided it, but you'll never lay hold of it because you're not walking by faith, you're walking by sight. Right? And so this is where all this happens. Adam gave his dominion up when he disobeyed God's word. When Adam obeyed Satan, he gave his right and dominion over to him. Remember in, the, in, in Luke 4, 6, when Jesus was being tempted by the enemy, it says, and the devil said to him, well, how did he say it? In his thoughts. The Bible clearly says Jesus was tempted in all ways like us, yet without sin. How are you tempted with your thought life? Right? It all starts with a thought. And the devil said to him, all this power, this means delegated authority, will I give you, Jesus, and the glory of all of it, for that is delivered unto me. This Greek word means it's been transferred to me. All this delegated authority was transferred to me. When? In the garden. And to, whoms and to whomsoever I will, I give it. You know, there was an interview on TV, and, and you know, uh, some of the guys from the 60s, uh, the guys and girls, the, 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 the big-name music people, they were interviewing one of them from the 60s or 70s, I can't remember. And they're, you know, they're in their 60s now, and they're still doing concerts, they're still doing tours, they're still on the road, you know, and, and they were interviewed, and they're like, you know, your net worth is this, you've got all of this, you've done everything, why are you still going as hard as you're going? And, and this, this rock star literally looked at him and said, well, I'm just keeping up my end of the bargain with the man. Well, the man he was talking about was the guy we're talking about. To whomsoever I will, I could give it. I wonder how many people have made deals like that. But all roads lead to death with Satan. He's a killer. So it says the eyes, their eyes were open to themselves in a new and different way. Adam and Eve saw themselves in a new and different way. And the new and different way was they never were conscious of themselves when they walked in the life of God. But the moment they died spiritually, they became self-centered and self-aware. And that's the same thing that we're talking about today. Today, everything that will produce death in your life will be as a result of you being aware of yourself. 
well, I'm not going to get involved in VBS because I don't want to. That's a dangerous statement. I'm not going to do this because I don't want to. I'm not forgiving that person. And oh my gosh, that pastor, are you kidding me? I'm not giving. I, 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 I. Our whole life as Christians are really simple. God, Jesus, you're my Lord. My body, my spirit, my soul, everything I possess is yours. And I'm so excited about that. Now what would you have me do? Everything in your life. Forget about how you feel about it. Because you're not to be led by feelings, you're to be led by the Holy Ghost. Does that make sense? It would bring so much clarity, and this, this is what will help you. See, what happens to most Christians is they live their life, and they're born again, so they have the light of God on within them. And God never beats you up. He'll never get down on you. He always woos you. So what will happen is a person will have their life and they'll be, they'll be living their life and there's things within them that they're constantly pushing down because they know that they're not living and doing what they're supposed to do. But every once in a while, they'll come in a service, they'll hear a message, they'll, they, they might you know, come in contact with a Christian or hear a message or something and they'll have brief like flashes of light to where they see what God wants them to do, but then they immediately go, no, 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 and they push it down. But that never, this is why the Bible says the, the walk of faith is a rest, but the way of the transgressor is hard. See, God, he knows what turns you on. He knows what fulfills and satisfies you, and he's wooing you to just, hey, follow me. I'll take you places you never dreamed of right? That's what God has for you. But here's the problem. You can't see that in the natural. You can't see it unless you walk by faith and put him first and have ears to hear. Then all of a sudden you start seeing things and you're like, wow, why in the world did I ever buy into that lie? I love it as a pastor when I see people I'll see them come to church and I see a hunger and I know they're pressing into God and then all of a sudden the, the, the word will capture them and their life is never the same. Now what happens though, they go through a series of things because after the word captures them, they still mess up. And, and you know, my whole thing with people is, hey, when you mess up, here's the deal. Don't beat yourself up, right? Turn back to the Lord and walk, walk away from that. And just, you know, he, he's going to help you. He's not going to get down on you. But the tendency will be, let me get you by your old friends. Let me get you in other places. Let me get you to walk, stand, and sit in wrong places. Right? Because it's impossible to walk in the blessing of God that way. Oh, I got to tell you guys, we're living in a season where the light, the awakening to righteousness is, is, is happening all over the world. It's going to happen here, I believe, bigger than anywhere else. Seriously. And, and I, I believe that you're going to see people just get on fire for God and actually Amen. see their life as it really is and do things that they never dreamed possible. But for hundreds of years, for about 300 plus years, we have had preached, man, don't ever tell God you're not willing to go to Africa or go into the middle of a jungle somewhere 
or you know don't don't ever tell him you're not you're you're not willing to go to russia to siberia as a missionary because you know he'll make you do it but that's not what the word says the word says god will give you the desires of your heart so if god calls you to go to siberia guess what you're gonna love siberia you're gonna be like wow if god calls you into the middle of a jungle somewhere you're gonna be like i love it you know you could have some young lady that just loves to go to the mall and get her nails done and do all this stuff. But if there's a call on her life to live in the middle of a jungle, she's going to be like, yeah, I love this. This is, this is where I'm supposed to be. Right? I love the ocean. Well, let me be clear on this. I love the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> let, me, let me be Pacific. But you know what? So, so... So God calls me into the right, into the middle. You can't get any further from an ocean as Omaha, Nebraska. Isn't that funny? But it's okay, because you couldn't drag us out of Omaha. Man, we love the people. We love it here. You know, do I love winter? No, I love God. Who, who really loves winter, right? Now, deer hunters might love winter. They, you know, some different things, but, but really, everybody's all excited when spring comes anyway, right? Let me get off this soapbox. So Adam gave dominion over to the enemy. See, what happened to them is they became self-centered, self-aware. The light of the glory of God went out. Why was the light of the glory of God on them? Because they were righteous. What is righteousness? It's not, it's not what you do. That's, that's holiness. That's behavior. Holiness will flow out of righteousness. You can't walk holy unless you know you're righteous. You'll just beat yourself up and fail all the time. Because you'll think, you, if, if you're conscious of sin in your life, it's going to lead you into it. If you're conscious of righteousness, it will lead you to walk free from things. It's, it's all him, it's all Jesus. The first thing they did was cover up what they thought was an inadequacy, something they were insecure about. They had never been insecure about anything. See, every inadequacy, every weakness, every shortcoming, every failure always begins because we have our eyes on ourselves. You have a beautiful young lady that's gorgeous, and, and she's this actress and then you see her, and all of a sudden, she's starting to, she looks like a blowfish because she's blowing her lips up with Botox, and she's getting, right? When you're 21 years old, and, and God made you beautiful, do you know? But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what other people think. It matters what you think. And you could be physically perfect and think you're the ugliest thing on the planet. Why? Because it comes from a self-aware. We're not made to be self-aware, right? When you are a righteousness consciousness, you don't, you're not moved by what people think of you, right? It's, it's, I, I, I'm in a realm of pastors, when they get older, they think, well, I'm getting older. Ministry's going to wane. Really? Why? Are you going to stop growing spiritually? Because your ministry should be getting stronger, because the anointing should be getting stronger and you should walk on, I mean, you know? 
And if you want to see me dunk a basketball it, it, on a 10-foot rim, you're going to have to wait till I get to heaven now. Yeah. I used to love to do that. I could kind of do it still, but it's, much, it's like an 8-foot rim. But that's okay. I'm not going to be old very long, and, then, and I'll, neither are you. But it's perception. You have people that have so much money that the number one fear in their life is that they're going to they're gonna run out of money before they leave this planet. And they're fearful. And, and, and here's the thing. You could be the greediest person on the planet with no money. You could be the ugliest person on the planet while you're the most beautiful. You could, you could be the most unhappy. Why, why does somebody who appears to have everything in the world commit suicide? Because it's all about this. It's all about are you conscious of spiritual death or are you conscious and know who you really are as a Christian that you are accepted? The Bible says you're unaccusable. Isn't that good news? See, husbands, tell your wife that. Honey, what are you doing? I'm unaccusable. <laughs> Did you leave those dishes on that counter? You know, I just want, let's not talk about that. I'm just unaccusable. <laughs> so walking in a righteousness consciousness, it creates a condition. Now, if you don't get anything else, you got to get this. Walking in a righteousness consciousness creates a condition where you are not self-aware. You know, we, we teach the word of faith. We teach this word. It burns in my heart that we teach things that will help you walk in the blessing of God and walk out God's will for your life, which is never lack, it's never turmoil, it's never fear, it's not sickness and disease, all this stuff. But if you don't, if you don't get the righteousness piece right, you're going to be coming to church for you to get the latest, greatest thing for you. And faith works by love. So when you're believing that you receive your healing, isn't it amazing? If it works by love, the love of God does not consider itself. So isn't it funny how you take possession of all of these things for your life without considering yourself? This is why I don't just preach on the first three chapters of Ephesians. We preach on all six. We don't just preach on what God has done. We also preach now that we know what God has done, this is how we walk this out. But don't focus on holiness and your behavior. You'll fall. Focus on your position with God, your righteousness. Because righteousness is not a thing, it's a position. You've been made the very righteousness of God. You're one with him. You're accepted by him. And when you realize that, that will empower you to walk free from stuff in your life and to start walking as Jesus walked. It's a flow. Hallelujah. Verse 8 of Genesis chapter 3. Look at what happened now. So they become self-aware they try to cover themselves. And then, verse 8, they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, like they did every day. For how long? We don't know. 
right? We know Adam lived, what, 935 years after the fall. How long they lived before, I don't know, right? So it says, they heard God. They heard, now, now it doesn't say they heard God, they heard the voice of the Lord God walking. Ooh. In other words, they heard the word of God walking. Guess who they were hearing walking? Jesus. But look what happened when they heard the word. They were spiritually dead, so they didn't run to it. They hid from it. Isn't it crazy that that's what we'll do if we don't if we're not aware that we're righteous? This is why Christians don't read their Bible. They don't pray. They hardly ever come to church. If they come to church, they come really late. You know, because it's, it's like, I, I, could, I could, you know, pastor, don't preach. I mean, you've been preaching for 52 minutes. This is crazy. You know, they say my attention spans, you know, physically, it's, it's only, or mentally, intellectually, it's 15 minutes. Well, I'm not, you know, we're not, God's not talking to your brain right now. He's talking to your spirit. What's the capacity of your spirit? What is it? I, you know, I don't know, but it's a lot more than 15 minutes. Thank God. Church is going on till eight o'clock tonight, by the way. No, I'm just, just <laughs> but look, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. A sin consciousness will cause you to draw back. In the New Testament, God said the children of Israel who said they could not have what God gave them it said they had an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. They were departing from him. See, I'm telling you, when you awaken to righteousness, you'll no longer play church. Now, now, ministers play church too. You know how many pastors, how many ministers, they're gifted to preach the word of God, but they only study for a sermon and they're dry spiritually. Why is that? Because they're not awakened to righteousness. Because righteousness will birth a hunger in you. And the hunger is not, I just need to know more so I can walk in more. No, 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 no. It's, I need to know him. I just want to know him. Because he loves me so much. He gave me life when I didn't have it. A sin consciousness causes you to hide. This is why most Christians they really don't look at God as their father. And guys, today, he is your father. He's my father. Isn't that amazing? When Jesus prayed that prayer, his disciples come to him and go, hey, Jesus, teach us how to pray like, like John taught his disciples. And the first thing out of his mouth was, our father. They had to go, well, well hold on. Who are you talking to? Because we're not, we're not sons of God. We're, we're servants. No, no. Jesus was all about our father he's your father today now here's the thing many people have not had a father that's like god so that's why you need to get in this and let him introduce himself to you because he doesn't ever beat you up he has mercy he'll never talk to you and tell you that you're stupid or you're not enough he'll always tell you that you can do all things, that I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, 
He's a new, he's, a, he's our father. Verse 9 of Genesis 3, let's finish this up. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said to him, where are you? Now, God is all-knowing. So in the Hebrew language, it should have been translated, why are you where you are? That's what the Hebrew language says. In other words, you could also translate it like this. Adam, why did you leave me? That, that's, that's an ac- you could translate it the same way. Why are you, Adam, where you are? Why, why did you leave me? I wonder if God is ever saying that to us. What, wait, you know, when you mess up, when you, have you ever messed up? Maybe, is it just me? Have you ever, or should I say it right? Have you ever chosen to go your own way? And this is what God's doing. He's like, hey, why did you leave? When you choose wrong, that's when you run to me because that's who I am. I'm the God of restoration. I'm the God of mercy, and my mercy is greater than your disobedience. I could feel that right now. That's, there's some people here that need to hear that, and it's truth, guys. God loves you. He's not moved by anything you've done up to this point. To be honest with you, the moment you were born, he got excited because he already put inside of you the potential to do everything he's called you to do on the earth, and he will see to it that it comes to pass in your life. Why? Because he loves you. And verse 10 says, and he heard, or, and he said, so Adam said this back to God, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid. First time fear is ever mentioned. Fear is mentioned because it's a result of being self-aware. What comes out of the law, the, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, Romans 8, 2, has made me free from this law of sin and death. The law of sin and death is selfishness, self-awareness. It's the nature of Satan. What flows out of that is fear, and it connects you to everything the enemy can do to steal from you. But the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, what is that? That's the law of agape love, the very nature of God. What flows out of that is faith, and it connects you to everything that God has done for you. They were afraid because they knew what they had lost. They were afraid of God because of what they lost through their own actions. They were afraid of God because of that. But now, but, but, but that's not how they reacted, though. Look at how they reacted, verse 11. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree whereof I commanded you that you should not eat? See, what is God trying to do? It's what he's always trying to do. Right now, God is meeting them right where they are, and he's trying to get them to respond correctly. He's trying, he's literally trying to point out to them that their condition that they're in right now is because of them. God is trying to tell them, you did this. Take responsibility so that you can walk free from this. But look at what spiritual death does. See, you gotta know, any inferiority complex that you have, guess whose fault it is? It's yours. Well, you don't know the environment that I grew up in. Oh, I do, yeah. I grew up in a pretty wild environment myself, but I don't even have to know that. It has nothing to do with your future. Because God says, listen, when you come 
to me, and you're born again, all things become new. Old things are passed away. So you got to believe that. And he says, all things are of me. But look at what they said. Verse 11, and he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree whereof I've commanded you should, you should not eat? Verse 12, and the man said, look at that, the woman. If we stop right there, we could all answer the question where we'd be without women in the garden. But unfortunately, that's not true. The woman you gave me, gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. In other words, who's the first person that he blamed? God. The woman that you gave me. So it's your fault, ultimately, secondarily, it's the woman's fault. God is like, Adam, can't you see it's your fault? And then it says here, verse 13, And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that you've done? And the woman said, The serpent. Have you ever noticed, see, when you, when you don't awaken to righteousness, when you're not conscious that you are the righteousness of God in Christ, you will blame your wife, you'll blame your husband, you'll blame the kids, you'll blame, blame your work, everything is everybody else's fault. You'll blame your pastor, you'll blame the church, we can go on and on and on, right? My li- and then it'll get you on this treadmill. My life would be better only if this. And then what happens is you start thinking that new things on the outside will make it better. Oh man, I walked into this church and for the first time I felt these warm fuzzies. Yeah, it's new. But the problem with the new church is you're there. And in a ma- matter of not very long, those same issues that were in the other church will be in here. Same with, with marriages. Hey, you know what? Instead of looking at what the other person's doing, God's saying, look at yourself and then give it to me and walk free from this stuff. The serpent deceived me and I did eat. Wow. I hope you leave with this today. I didn't get near as far as I wanted to, but I think we've laid a good foundation to go into this. God designed man to be one with him, to have dominion and mastery over the things of his life. God wants to turn your life into the Garden of Eden. He wants you to live days of heaven on the earth. He wants you to live in the blessing of God so that he loves you, he wants you to walk in it, but also so that you could be light in this world. I mean, the reason why we have empty chairs in any church is because the world is not seeing who Jesus really is. God is not out to beat anybody up. He's good all the time. And he's a God of mercy to all who will call upon him. Amen?